Check one, two, check three, four, five, check, check this out, you guys. This is your boy, Chef Yosh, Chef JK, whatever you want to call me. You know what you know what I'm gonna say. Anyways, welcome to this week's episode of The Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes. And today my guest is living that life. My friend. Mr. Luke Pabish from one of my favorite bands of all time, Good Riddance. Also, you'll find out he's in multiple other bands, is on the show today. Episode 26 of the Family Cast. Luke from Good Riddance, uh, the guitar player. He writes some songs. He writes songs for a lot of other bands. And we're going to find out a lot more about his food and music life in general all over the place here um, in a few moments. Before I get to the conversation, I wanted to say I appreciate you listening to this. Thank you for telling people about the show. Thank you for sharing this. Um, although I'm only 26 episodes in, it's been a fun little long little ride and I've had some amazing guests. So if you've missed any episodes, go back and listen because they've all been pretty good conversations. So I'm not going to lie. Um, I know I'm not, it's not necessarily a music show. It's not necessarily a food show. I want to pair it with the two and I don't want to ask all the same questions that um, people are being asked on other interviews. So you know, if you already know who this is, I'm not going to ask them, what's your favorite song? Or like, um, what's your favorite thing to eat if they're a chef or stuff like that? It might come up in, in normal conversation with in our, in our conversation, but I don't want to just be another music show because there's already a lot of good ones. And I want to, you know, I want to give props to those people who do the music shows and the, the record deep dives and the, or the chef shows and all this kind of stuff. I don't need to necessarily do that. I don't need to reinvent their show. So I want to do it like this. I want to do it my own way. And I want to talk to people who I want to talk to. So there's already a show that only talks to lead singers, for example. And there's other people in the band besides lead singers. So let's get them on the show. Henceforth, today's guest is a guitar player. He does sing in another one of his bands, but he mostly uh, is known, probably more well-known for playing guitar in Good Riddance. And so that's the song you heard on the intro. That's one of the songs that he wrote for the band. It's the opening track on their 1995 debut on Fat Records. It's called Flies First Class. And it's a... It's a uh, the scathing review of how America um, kind of treats its people. But um, yeah, not to get too anti-patriotism or anything like that. It's just, that's just how the song goes. So anyhow, we're going to get into the conversation with Luke Pabish here on the family cast. And I just want to say again, thank you very much. Tell all your friends, this is going to be an amazing conversation. Oh yeah. And before I forget, I'm going to mention it at the end, but I do have another pairing coming up. I got a, a food and music and beverage pairing with Boochcraft. So kombucha, it's vegan, it's gluten-free. That's coming up later on this month. So please stay tuned for that. I'll give you all the details after our conversation. So here it is myself talking to Mr. Luke Pabish from Good Riddance here on the family cast episode 26. Let's dig in All right. I'm sitting down here with I'm sitting down here with Mr. Luke. Pat. Actually, how do you say your last name the best way? You know, I'm 50 years old and I still don't know how to say my last name. I <laughs> I typically tell people Pabish. Okay. Like oh, I, like, I, like ISH, but okay. um, I I've also been told that it's uh pronounced Pabic. Uh-huh. The silent so H. So Nice. So I it's very I don't really know. I'm not very, too um, 
Eastern Europeanish or something, Pol- right? Yeah. I'm Pol- yeah, Polish. But you know, here's another interesting thing is is I have encountered so many people in my life when I tell them my last name, uh-huh. they um they don't they they say I'm Yugoslavian. They just tell so, you. <laughs> yeah. So the board I guess you know that kind of border area has mm-hmm. changed a lot through the years. So so I don't know. Uh my my um family relocated from wisconsin when i was six years old Mm -hmm. so most of my uh family still lives in wisconsin and i know very little about my family lineage okay Um, so but as far as i know i've been told that uh, we are polish gotcha okay well it's up to you to carry on the if you want to keep telling people whatever story you want to tell them or just sure. go with what they tell you right i'm 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 just from santa are you originally from santa cruz then i was born in madison wisconsin lived there for uh first ah. six years of my life actually first five years of my life then moved to hamilton ontario my dad took on a job at a university up there called Mac- mcmaster university in hamilton ontario okay lived there for a couple years um then we left Canada because my dad lost his job and we ended up in La Habra, California, down in, down in Los Angeles area. I moved from there to Santa Clara, California. And then finally, by the age of 10, I moved here to the Santa Cruz area and I've been living here ever since. There you go. You got all the movement moving out of the way early. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, uh, so yeah, you got that. You were born in that Wisconsin, so you got that rock and roll in your blood. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I I mean, I got that, and I guess um, farming and um, cheese. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. All all these things that come from Wisconsin, but America's um, Dairyland. Yeah. That's it. That's what it's known for. Yes. Dude, so so you're you're an accomplished guitar player, and probably would you say mostly known for for good riddance. Oh, yeah. The other, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, outlay coercion. Um, what the is there? There's a couple of secret bands, too, right? Like you're <laughs> not totally have uh, as well known for, I, I should say. Uh, my musical career started out with uh, a bunch of neighborhood friends. We had a little band called the Death Moshers. That's what it was when I was (laughs) about 15 years old. Yeah, I heard that one before. And we uh, just made up stupid songs and we did a few covers. We covered like DRI, Reaganomics, and uh, (laughs) I think we covered uh, GBH, City Baby, Attack by Rats. And then I went on from there and I was in a a thrash metal band called Root Awakening. And I did that for about four years, maybe three years. And uh, we we had a little bit of success. We we played out of town when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. We played around the Bay Area. Nice. Probably our, our most, uh, our biggest accomplishment was we played in San Francisco in 1989 with um, Creator and Coroner at okay. a club called The Stone, which was kind of the, the, the big club in the San Francisco Bay Area for the thrash metal scene. A lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the thrash metal bands. That's where they. That was their stomping grounds. And uh, Stone went to Love a it. lot of a lot of a lot of shows there as a teenager. And then I joined Good Riddance when I was nineteen years old, uh, late nineteen eighty nine. I want to say. Awesome. And uh, yeah, since then I've uh, did I I tried this Outlie project in the early two thousands. 
and I've done this coercion uh, band off and on. We started it in 1996, did it for a couple years. We never played a show, but we wrote a lot of music and yeah. uh, and we brought that band back together, I don't know, about six years ago and we tried to get something going again, but it hasn't really worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is that, uh, that's on or Bird Attack Records, right? Yeah, yeah, Bird Attack put out, we had two EPs that Bird Attack mm-hmm. Records put out and basically, the last EP, the most recent one um, that we had that we had completed, the record label was uh, falling apart right at the time that we finished that recording. So it was only digitally released. Mm. Um, we had plans to press it on vinyl, but that never panned out. And then the label fell apart, and subsequently gotcha. the band pretty much fell apart. We haven't formally broken up, but we haven't done anything for a couple years. But that, that uh, you know, maybe that was right at the time that you and Sean could go back into Good Riddance, right? Well, I mean, Good Riddance was always going. Um, oh, okay. Was- I mean, there was, you know, somewhat of, at least in press or anything like that, it's like, hey, a little bit of hiatus and for, you know, after, you know, what remain in memory. And then the big comeback with all these, this rad new music was super stoked for everyone was super stoked on it. So, um, but I, you know, maybe, maybe to some of the Good Riddance fans like myself, we thought you guys wanted to focus on the other musics that you were doing or. um, No, you know, know, what was going on. um, So we broke up in 2007 Mm -hmm. and uh, our last show was in Santa Cruz here at a club called the catalyst. And we recorded that live live record that you mentioned remain Mm -hmm. remain in memory. And we broke up and um, we uh, seriously, I mean, thought that was, that was it. Like we, we had kind of reached a point in the career where we had worked really, really hard for oh, a good 15 years. And yeah. um, we were all getting older. Uh, I, my wife was pregnant with my first child. Uh, I had graduated college in 2006. And at that point I was, and I think the whole band in general is a little bit burned out and, and we decided to call it quits with no intentions of coming back. It wasn't a planned hiatus. It was Mm -hmm. like, this, this is it. We're done. Like that was a great, a great time in life. We did so many awesome things. We toured so many places in the world. And uh, I don't think I picked up my guitar for probably two or three years after the band broke up. Oh my. And, uh, you know what happens with a lot of just just that you'll probably hear a similar story from a lot of bands that break yeah. up and get back together is we all just started missing it we started mm-hmm. missing uh traveling meeting people around the world um playing shows the whole the whole shebang um so after uh some some conversations inner conversations with band members we were able to pull it back together and when we got back together in 2012, we didn't really have any um, game plan other than like, hey, let's play a couple shows and see how it goes, see how yeah. it feels. And anyhow, it's evolved here into a second layer, a second um, coming of our of our career here, and it's been yeah. great. Like, it's been so good. It's been really good for us. <laughs> As a listener, it's been so good for to hear that come back too. Like, you know, like thank you. You're welcome. Like Good Riddance 2.0, maybe or 3.0, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> yeah, it's just you guys are have matured so much in your. I mean, 
don't get me wrong, Death Mosher, I would wear that shirt all day. You know, uh, let's bring that back. Uh, <laughs> no wonder you got sponsored by ESP Guitars. They they want to be on Death Mosher. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Um, did uh did were you always with ESP or um were you doing no, Gibson on the first record? No, you know how we got affiliated with ESP was uh, we did a tour over in Japan with this with the band High Standard. Oh yeah, and one of the guys we we were we were assigned uh, a driver and a uh, and a guitar tech and mm -hmm. we we did this tour in, in a minivan or in japan and got to know these guys and it turns out the guy that was a guitar tech also worked for esp guitars ah. and he came to one of the shows we played over there and he came with a gift for me and chuck and he brought me a new guitar and he brought chuck nice. a new bass and uh from from then on out we kind of established a relationship with esp and uh they've been great i've i've gotten i don't know five or six guitars from them through the years which is which has been a great help for, are, for me financially are, of course yeah totally and they're rad guitars too um what what album did you start using them on with Good Riddance? Ooh, uh, honestly, uh, in terms of recording, yeah, I have not really used an ESP on any recordings. I oh, I love them as a live guitar, especially now. I have a couple of oh, I have like three of, of the ESPs that have the Evertune bridge on them. Right, so you can select. Uh, oh my gosh, I mean, crazy. they're game changer. Yeah, game changer for live performance. But I, I have always kind of landed on recording with my Les Paul. It just okay, has, yeah. it has a little bit better of a tone, and uh, the ESP tone is great. But uh, the the my Les Paul that I've had since nineteen ninety three has uh just has a, a little bit richer of a tone so i tend to prefer that one to record with although i'm uh currently involved in a recording project that i used my esp on for it's a it's another band it's a band i love it called they're called 22 they're from montreal okay. and uh, basically the singer of the band has hired me and uh, the drummer from good Riddance, sean to be on this record and uh, I just actually Rap. did some guitar tracking a couple of weeks ago, and I used my ESP. Oh, I can't wait to hear that guitar tracking. It sounds, it sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like sounds like a it's a LTD, right? You you don't use the Viper. Yeah, yeah it's an LTD. Sick. It's gonna be so. Twenty two is I would assume you know in the if it's Sean's going with you, it's gonna sound a little bit how you guys sound in your other side it's, projects together maybe you know or? the 22 they've been a band for about 20 years mm -hmm. and um i would say that historically their sound is more of a of a pop punk sound okay but this new batch of songs um that that john the singer and i have worked on are uh definitely uh a lot harder and more in the vein of good riddance um people Amazing. listen to it they're gonna they're yes. gonna hear they're gonna hear sean's drumming they're gonna hear my guitar play and they're gonna hear the octaves they're gonna hear the dark uh the darker driving guitar yep. strum it's it's i'm really uh digging it uh it's 12 Ooh. 12 songs i did all the rhythm guitar tracks and i'm going back on july 18th to track the uh lead the lead guitar tracks so back it's to been Montreal. interesting. 
No, I'm recording here in town. So it's been an interesting project. Um, oh, cool. It started as this guy, John, the singer, sending me demos of the stuff he was working on. And then mm -hmm. we did about uh, six months worth of back and forth refining the songs, uh, just back and forth, you know, through Facebook Messenger, basically. Yeah, yeah, totally. And anyhow, uh, we reworked all the songs. And then um, we brought on Sean to track the drums down in LA with Cameron Webb. Classic. And they sent sent the hard drive from LA up to me here in Santa Cruz, and I tracked here in Santa Cruz. Okay. And then I just sent the hard drive to John back in Montreal, and he's going to be tracking the uh, vocals and the <laughs> bass. And then they're going to send the hard drive back to me, and then I'll, I'll finish off the guitars. And then it's going back to Cameron Webb, where he'll do the mix. So Sheesh. it's been pretty pretty interesting like we've never had yeah. any kind of rehearsal you know there's never been a band rehearsal it's I love been that. All, all remote it's been it's been a really great learning experience and it's man that's the way to do it these days like that's a well-traveled hard drive <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure i mean um yeah that's the i've heard a couple of bands do stuff like that like drummer lives in california or um and then they're in chicago and they make a record they put it out you know um, yeah but I, I did notice that you know when you do bands that are not good riddance you 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 do it with sean right is is that typically always how it's been since you've been doing side projects to, um is no, sean is the drummer or well you know sean you mentioned the band coercion when coercion first started in 1996 it was uh sean and i mm -hmm. and uh it was really more of a heavy driving rock sound with yeah. punk punk undertones um and then when coercion reformed I don't know about five years ago. Um, Sean wasn't really available to participate, so I I did have we did have another drummer that that played in Coercion, who was a great drummer as well. But yeah, you know I've been playing with Sean for so many years that we mm -hmm. can just we can just uh, read each other's mind type of thing. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's really easy to connect with his playing. Uh, we both know how we like to accentuate parts, how we like to drive parts, how we like to make things heavy, how we might like to make things open totally. and light. So yeah. You, yeah, you probably know what you probably write a song or is is this true? Do you, you write a song and you can just picture you can hear what Sean's going to do. Like I can, know, I, I can hear it. I can visualize it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many years of, of mm -hmm. playing with him that I just know how his body is going to react to things. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a yeah. very interesting relationship. Yeah. I, I think that I've been listening to Good Rent so long that if you played a riff for me, just the riff, I could probably maybe picture out what Sean's going to do there too. You know, yeah. like, I mean, he's always doing some surprise stuff, but there's this, there's certain like Sean SC sellers things, you know, like that he, that he brought to the table starting in 96 with Good Rent, you know, like, so it, I think that you two play real, obviously play well off of each other. Um, we do. We 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 complement each other. We've got a good chemistry as people. Totally. Um, but Sean has really grown quite a bit as a drummer. He's been involved mm -hmm. in so many other projects. Yeah, you know, Vulture Wake, Real McKenzie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vulture Wake, Real McKenzie, and he's he's filled in for so many. He's played with Poli. Yeah, um, and he's also doing this uh, this rock band called uh, what are they called? Oh my God, their name's slipping my mind. Uh, death mosher no no, no not the <laughs> death moshers um so he's been playing with a lot of different people and he's really been growing as a musician whereas 
I'm pretty stagnant. You know, I, I'm kind of a one trick pony. I'm good at, I'm good at uh, playing really hard and aggressively power chords and octaves. And that's kind of my deal. And I don't so pretend, good, I don't, I don't pretend to be a good guitar player. I'm just kind of, kind of like a Johnny Ramone. It's like, I, I, I'm a one trick pony I can, and I can do that well. And that's, and that's, that's my program. I don't know. You, you sang in um, outlier, you know, I heard, you know, front man there. So it's not just one trick. You got at least two tricks, right? <laughs> yeah. At least two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Ryan Ryan Green said that you play you probably play guitar harder than anyone he's ever recorded, and you can still like stay in tune and stuff like that. So oh. that's a compliment, you know. Absolutely, I'll take it. Yeah. You did uh, it. You did it there. <laughs> I do tend to hit the guitar pretty hard. Yeah. I do. Um, I saw you last time you came to San Diego at Brick by Brick, and um, it looked like you were like beating up the guitar bam 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 and it was in nothing you never broke a string you never went out of tune and um i was kind of watching that because you never i don't even know if you like used a tuner or not on the, at the show you just kind of kept going because it was i have it's you know what it is it's that evertune bridge on the esp yeah. guitar so i don't know how much Man. you know about those but basically um it never goes out of tune <laughs> it doesn't it 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 uh, it's a it's a little misleading to say that it does it can go out of tune but I changed my strings every single show. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I don't break a string. Uh, if, if I tried to play two shows on a set of strings, I will break a string. I can ah, get, okay. That's yeah, the I secret. Can, yeah. I got to change them every show. And then, um, and then I've really learned how to dial in the, the Evertune bridge to where the guitar will stay in tune, at least for the whole set. But um, oh, okay. they're not perfect. They, they do, they do slip a little bit. But you're but, like, yeah. So, I mean, well, but, back to back track i guess a little bit is the this this particular podcast is food and music is life yes so i know that uh our kind of industries intersect a little bit as you being in the wine industry in northern up in well some would say that's not northern california but i do because i'm in san diego so where yeah. you are santa cruz right santa cruz um what what do you like for example what are you drinking right now you right know? now yeah i'm drinking um I'm drinking Trader Joe's box wine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's I real. That's I real. Can't, I can't afford the good stuff, like, and, <laughs> and so I, I'm always looking for um, the best wine for the for the value. And uh, I, and I, the Trader Trader Joe's box wine, you're basically getting two bottles of wine for fifteen bucks. Okay. And it's decent. You heard it here from a retail wine manager that uh, Trader Joe's box wine is where it's at. You know, yeah, for, um, for a fifteen dollars price point, it's a way to go. So, are you, are you is one of your backstage writers uh, Trader Joe's box wine in the green room? <laughs> we do, no, we do have a, on our rider though. We do have two bottles of wine on our rider. Ah, one so, one for you and one for you. One for right? me and one for Chuck. <laughs> you guys clink clink the bottles, cheers, and go to town. Yeah. Um, man he's wild um but yeah is i think i think that with um this how did you even get into were you always in kind of in the the beverage industry wine or did you you went to school and went, then went there or yeah no so my evolution into wine um i went back to school uh, i went to san jose well actually take that back um yeah i hit about 30 years old and kind of saw the writing on the wall in terms of, hey, I don't think I can um, sustain a livelihood playing music for the rest of my life. And I mm -hmm. need to kind of get my ducks in a row and have a plan B. 
so um so i went back to college i uh i had started junior college out of high school and then that all stopped because i just wasn't really interested in school when i was 20 21 years old and um you wanted to when, shred yeah you know that's all i was yeah. really concerned about was was rocking and uh and got out there and did that for a number of years and got older and started uh feeling like my brain was was atrophying a little bit mm -hmm. from uh not doing enough critical thinking and applying applying it towards things and i decided mm -hmm. i wanted to go back to school and went back i finished off my aa degree at a local community college and then i transferred to san jose state university and i graduated in 2006 with mm -hmm. a uh, business administration uh, uh, with a marketing concentration degree. Nice. Congrats. And, thank you. And, yeah. uh, and it was great. You know, going back to school in your 30s was a whole different ball game. I was I really, I was really um, interested in learning and, and really absorbed a lot. And, mm. uh, and it's an experience that, that I would hope that everybody could have uh, to really apply your brain towards um, different projects and you know yeah. learning things from different angles and applying those things that you learn so i graduated and uh, i'm like hmm, what kind of uh, what kind of what kind of industry am i would i like to work in and mm -hmm. Uh, San Jose State is, you know, in the heart of the Silicon Valley, and most of my education was was based around the tech the tech industry. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really feel like that was my calling. Uh, I, I I'm you know I'm amazed by technology and all that it has to offer. Um, good. Well, I mean, it's a lot of negative as well. But um, sure, I didn't really feel like I wanted to. Uh, move forward in a technology industry um, and i had to do some kind of soul searching and think about the types of things i was interested in and where i would like to um, apply myself and mm -hmm. wine uh was a front runner because it was from my experience in touring uh, i really relished in traveling especially through europe and uh you know going into italy going into spain oh yeah uh, going into germany and 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 seeing the the tie there with wine and and culture mm -hmm. and it was we had so many great experiences where we would you know go out to dinner with a promoter in spain and and they would bring wine to the table and mm -hmm. they would talk about that you know this wine came from their area their local area and they had this connection and I like the culture of it all. So um, that was what drew me towards wine. And uh, there just happened to be a newspaper ad for a position at a local winery. And uh, I applied for it. I got some, had a couple interviews and I got hired as a assistant wine club, a wine assistant wine club manager and uh, paying, you know, I was getting 13 50 an hour. Nice. And um, this is right around the time Good Riddance broke up. This is this was about 2007, mm -hmm. and I had a child on the way, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to find a, a place to get my footing and start a career. And 
this winery gave me the opportunity and uh, I took it. I hadn't had a, I hadn't had a day job since I was 24, I want to wow. say. Yeah. And so now here I was 30, 36 years old without, you know, I hadn't had my last uh, day job. I, I was a screen printer. Oh. And um, so quite different. Yeah, quite different. <laughs> so I spent what some 24 to 36, basically living off of music. We were, mm -hmm. We were touring seven, eight months a year. And when we weren't touring, yeah. we were writing and recording music type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that came to an end. And, uh, you know, I was just in a place in a life. I got a kid on the way. I need to, I need to start developing a career in something else. And I got this job at a local winery, uh, worked as an assistant. The manager of the department ended up uh, quitting about, four months after I was working there, I took on the man managerial role from there. And I was uh, managing the wine club department for about ooh, six or seven years. And then uh, one of the, one of the um, owners of the winery wanted to step down from some of his responsibilities and he, he passed on two other departments to me. Okay. And so in addition to managing the wine club, I was also overseeing the direct-to-consumer department. So everything related to um, di everything digital, you know, so social media, yeah, website, email marketing, everything digital marketing. So I oversee that department as well. And then in addition to that, I over we have a we have two tasting rooms. We have one that's located at our winery that's in SoCal, California, which is a little a little city here um, in Santa Cruz County. And then uh, we have a tasting room down in Monterey on Cannery Row, and I am uh, the director of that tasting room as well. So I oversee a tasting room. I oversee our direct to consumer department, and I oversee mm -hmm. our wine club department. Nice. Are, yeah. are you having fun? Um, you know, it comes and goes. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of challenges through the years. There's been a lot of challenges, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of staff turnover. Yeah, especially uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, lots of periods of time where I've had uh, good, good people working for me, and then mm -hmm. other times where there's been not so good people working for me. Yeah. Um, Lots of, I mean, yes, this pandemic um, was quite a challenge. Um, at one point in time, I had no assistant in the wine club department. We had no direct-to-consumer representative. Um, so I was answering phones and emails at three at three desks. <laughs> that Man. was my day. It was like bouncing between desks and checking voice messages and emails and um, just trying to keep things afloat for the winery um, in this really crazy time. And, you know, we had a first early, early part of the pandemic, there was no wine tasting for two months. Yeah. So we had to figure out ways to generate revenue. So uh, we, we did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, free shipping um, mm -hmm. discounts on wines and we relied a lot on our online sales to to keep revenue coming in um is it a pretty busy big i mean how is this a small 
operate? I mean, I don't know much so, about that particular sure. one. Yeah, so Bargetto Winery is uh, the oldest winery in Santa Cruz. It's oh, cool. a third generation Italian family. It's still run by uh, three Bargettos. It's called uh, Three Bargettos. There's um, a sister and two brothers. And uh, I don't, Santa Cruz is an interesting uh, wine appellation in that uh, it's very mountainous and hilly around here. So mm -hmm. unlike, unlike driving down like Highway 101 from uh, Northern California to Southern California, we see thousands of acres of vineyards. Uh, the vineyards in our area tend to be 40 acres. 50 acres at most so it's it's a different it's a, it's a it's really different than you know napa valley um paso robles those types of wine regions where they yeah. have you know thousands of acres of vineyards it's it's uh it's really unique in that we have a cool climate similar to to oregon Mm -hmm. uh, where Pinot Noir thrives very well here, but varietals like Cabernet Sauvignon do not do well here because they need a, a warmer climate. Yeah. So yeah, I've, uh, it's a third generation uh, family run winery. Uh, it's been here since 1933, since Prohibition. Mm -hmm. uh, and what else can I tell you about it? We have a tasting room and our, our winery is located in Soquel, but our vineyard is not located at the winery. So our, our, our vineyard is located 20, 20 minutes south of the actual winery Okay. in an area known as Coralitos, which is kind of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of like Watsonville. It's yeah, it's very strawberries. Yeah, yeah. So it's a real, <laughs> it's a really agricultural area. Totally. I, I get a lot of my produce from that area. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, up can here, can you buy your wine, uh, at like down here at like any stores down here, like Trader Joe's or Bevmo? Not or anything like, like that? not likely. So it's, all, it's we, super exclusive. It it's 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 quite. It's I would say it's boutiquey. You know, we mm -hmm. you can find our wine locally here in Santa Cruz and maybe in some surrounding communities like okay. um, over in the Silicon Valley, Monter Monterey County. Um, but other than that. Uh, our wine is not really distributed outside of um, Central California. Gotcha. However, okay. we also produce a um, a honey mead. We have we have Ooh, a nice. second brand, a second brand at the winery. It's called Chaucer's. Okay. And it is uh, focused on honey mead. And we actually are the one of the longest running meaderies in the United oh. States, and we have love me. We have national distribution for it, so you can find our honey mead, Chaucer's nice. honey mead, probably at a Trader Joe's in your area. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Chaucer's honey mead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we produce we produce about thirty thousand cases a year. Dang. And and of that, fifteen thousand cases are mead. That's, so half, that's, half of our production is is the honey mead. I will look for that for sure because um I, I do like mead. I do mead pairings also and stuff like that. So what mm. what what I'll I'll hit you with the question here, uh, Mr. Luke is what kind of wine or varietal or anything like that would you pair with your album Operation Phoenix? 
Oh, probably a Cabernet. Just, just big, bold. Yeah. Balls. Big, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big and beefy. I was hoping. Yeah, I was. I was thinking that too. I wanted to hear you say it. But um, yeah. And then as far as the as far as that honey meat concerns, what what do you what Good Riddance album or song do you think that would work best with? Ooh. Well, honestly, I'm not a big fan of Honeymead. I do, okay. I do like it mixed with an IPA. It's a, it's a drink nice. known as known as a braggot. Yeah. So, yeah. so Honeymead on its own is very, uh, very sweet and very syrupy, mm-hmm. and it's just you know I can have maybe a little glass of it um, as a dessert type of a thing, but mixed with a um, bitter IPA, you get that you get that bitter yeah sweet combination and so, it's, so it's really like a, a, a braggot that that braggot would be like a hoppy mead right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah I occasionally could... i'll do that but um, okay. mostly i'm a red i'm a red wine drinker when it comes right down to it well that braggot that's obvious it pairs with your song bittersweet right? <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just off the top yeah good um, call yeah yeah so but the trader does box wine maybe that would be i don't know i don't i'm thinking i don't i can't even think of a uh I guess I'd have to taste that wine first to know because I know most of the songs and albums pretty well. Um, no, but I mean, I do I do beverage pairing events, and so I have playlists and themes and stuff like that. So I'm thinking like, oh, I wonder what the actual the guitar player of this band would say about you know some of these pairings or whatever. But um, okay, or if I'm so doing wait, tell me more. Tell me more about that. What goes into that? Um, well, for example. Uh, um, one of the more well-known ones that that I would do was going to be last April was going to be because of, you know, everything, but uh, say, for example, a Metallica brunch where it's uh, brunches, brunches in San Diego typically are kind of can, can be kind of hipstery snooty affairs because it's, you know, they, it's San Diego. They're trying to be like LA or whatever people go out, dress up and stuff like that. Uh, be all bougie, Instagrammy, whatever. And I wanted to, I wanted to do a punk rock, concert show style brunch where everyone shows up in their denim vests and you know just dress how you address to a rock a a punk show but i was going to do or a metal show so i was going to do metallica because they have so many songs to choose from and i could do i was going to do all these food puns based on their albums or song titles like you know master of puppets would be master of papas and it would be the potato dish <laughs> or you know i we had like 300 we came up with like 300 different dad jokes you know um but 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 then like i'm i'm pretty close to stone brewery and they have a metallica beer um that they did with them the and enter night pilsner so we were going to have that on the menu because uh, i'm friends with them and then i was um my other friends do a metallica podcast shout out to ethan but he was going to come out and dj the show with playing metallica stuff and he plays guitar so acoustic guitar metallica songs paired with each dish uh, you know a five course dish yeah so like and everyone would and then we do we would do like giveaways and stuff like that from different and my my other buddy spins records so it's just going to be like a fun time a very non-bougie brunch a very very metal you know metallica style brunch. so that was one and then we and then i'm in the heart of all the breweries in town so i we take we take our food truck out and do do stuff with beer beer pairings with the um with with their beers and my food and then i say you know this is this would pair well if you could play like if you could play like say for example beastie boys today or if you could you know if you want to play like um you know uh some black flag to, for this for this particular one or whatever because um there's some punk rock breweries in town that I love to frequent and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to figure out more of the wine, the wine scene, um, a little bit different because the wine crowd is a little bit 
they're coming around a little bit, but I want to do more pairings with that. So like, I would love to play something like, you know, you know, forgotten country at a winery or something like that and see how that goes over with um, some of my pairings, you know, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a whole, I, I've kind of uh, read a few articles over the years. There's kind of a whole um, art and science to pairing music to, to uh, well, to wine for sure. But oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Beer mm -hmm. as well. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, every varietal has different characteristics and you got to mm -hmm. isolate the characteristics of those wines and then and then match that with uh, with a certain a certain the characteristics of, of music. Totally. Yeah. So like um, I think I, I think I, at this last beer pairing dinner we did, it was with New Belgium Brewing and their Voodoo Ranger IPA was the theme and the good I had a good riddance. Um, Good Riddance was on part of the part of that meal, and we played. I, I was actually played. Um, I actually played yesterday's headlines, um, in in the course, um, just because I felt like. I feel like the way you and Sean start started that song off. Um, you know, just it's just mainly like, a fun little octave, like, and then it stops, and then it kind of comes in again, and then it's and then it's you guys together, and then the whole band starts. It was kind of like a a good build up with the plating and everything like that. It kind of it kind of worked out well in my, in my opinion, um, as far as um, the way the way that I had the speakers going into people's ears and like they're hearing the music and then we're serving the beer and um, they're eating this food, um, and I kind of explain why it, I try to tell them why it works all together because I'm trying to have them use all five senses when they're tasting the beer and the food because they're yeah. listening to the music. So it's kind of an overall sensory experience. Um, yeah very conceptual yeah it's a little heady but uh, um i think if we explain it right like um we could do it with different wines i've done it with, i've done it with liquors like bourbons and uh, tequila parties and stuff like that so you can really it takes a lot of thought i think um but if i i guess if i explain it well enough i can kind of get the point across to to the you know if they're a fan already of music or beer or both or beer and food or both then it's kind of it kind of helps the pairing elevate the pairing especially if you're putting good music on top of it you know you know i could really envision a you writing a book a recipe book in what in in in, in where you have a you know a, a paragraph explaining mm -hmm. explaining how you're making this correlation of this recipe to exactly to a particular song totally yeah like you know i, I hear you playlist yeah I, uh, mr luke you're speaking my language i think you know i've, I've had these ideas and and i make these playlists that i play in the kitchen a couple of, i've even done a couple episodes of here's what i'm playing in the kitchen and here's why you know i need something crazy like you know diligent escape plan while i'm doing this plate up because i need the chaos around me to so i can focus or exactly you know, with my add and i need to be like i need all this happening up here so i can come down here whether if it's like something quiet like say like you know a dj or something like you know something very like you know aesthetically pleasing to the ear i might not be able to focus as much on the on the plate because i'm getting lost in the music a little bit you know like i want to rage so i can focus if that makes sense you know it, it does make a lot of sense to me yes i'm glad you i'm glad you understand thank you <laughs> yeah no i think it's it's an it's an art it's an art thing so you know i think i think an artist um can understand that how, how the mind um uh, encapsulates those things to bring it all together what what kind of do you have like a 
do you have rituals or anything like that when you're writing music or do you wake up and play music or what do you do? Um, you know, most of my, most of the, probably the, the best music I've written in my life um, comes from a moment of inspiration. It's, it's usually a, a certain type of an energy that mm -hmm. inspires me. And, um, and I translate that to guitar and and if i'm in that if i'm in that zone uh everything kind of just falls into place um yeah totally i don't i don't i don't i'm not the type to sit down and say okay i'm going to spend a couple hours trying to write a song mm -hmm. like it it comes from inspire it comes from inspiration um like a so spark it's, it's yeah it's never it's never planned and t typically what it is is i'll be thinking about I'll be thinking about something deeply for a number of days uh -huh. and processing in my brain um, uh, some sort of a concept from all different angles. And when that concept uh, becomes defined, it usually, I recognize it as a point of inspiration. And um, at that point, uh, I'll pick up a guitar and, and, and it'll come out of me. But if I try to do it too soon before, before the idea has fully uh, fermented in my brain, it doesn't really come out the same. So, right. Um, yeah. It's just, a, it's a mental thing more than anything and an emotional thing. I, I tend to be the type of person that is uh, an, a very kind of empathetic. Mm -hmm. So, and I tend to gravitate towards um, uh, things that are in our exist in our world that are uh, darker. Um, I don't, you know, I, I get uh, my in my head. I get my head gets wrapped up with um, putting myself in the perspective of other people in our world and what they're going through and. Uh, you know, my life in general is pretty is pretty cush compared to compared to so many other people in the world. And yeah, and I tried to I tried to uh, put myself in their place to understand, you know, what they're going through. And and it's a process of uh, of learning and and feeling the emotion of it and and then taking that emotion and translating it to the guitar into your art i love it yeah yeah do you do you have that emotion with any particular album or song of, of good riddance or, or or the other bands um do you have any like one that really stands out as like wow i i totally feel this one when we play it or or th this song is my my pride and joy or anything like that yeah i do have a few of those um i would say the first one that probably comes to mind is heresy hypocrisy and revenge oh yes that song, um, I wrote the music for that song. Uh, I was on vacation in Wisconsin with mm -hmm. my family and we were staying at, uh, my parents at the time had owned, uh, with, with, uh, my, my dad with, with his brothers, they had bought this, um, this home on a lake and, uh, I haven't been to Wisconsin for, I don't know, 10 years at least, but just so happened that we were there and I brought my guitar with me and 
I was really uh, feeling a Black Sabbath vibe. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And I and I kind of felt the groove of a Black Sabbath song combined with uh, feeling the intensity of Black Flag. And mm. and then one day I just kind of had this um, this groove in my head and i could hear i could hear the song i could hear what the drums would be doing i could kind of hear the whole song and it just it it came really naturally to me and it was you know i have my roots are are really in in heavy metal totally. and yeah. I, I i became i can hear that i can hear that yeah so i was i was a th i was more of a thrash metaler as a teenager and then yeah. i kind of found uh i found crossover music like dri and excel and, and a mm -hmm. whole bunch of bands and then um and then the band for me that really kind of turned me into being more interested in punk rock was bad religion uh nice. suffer the suffer record mm -hmm. i just was just so poignant to me and mm -hmm. and i and i really loved that uh the lyrical content had um so much depth and meaning compared to a lot of a lot of you know metal that I'd been brought up on that was you know the lyric lyrical content was you know some some ba some bands had some some lyrical content that was relevant to life and society and things like that but um yeah bad religion just was like this guy that wrote these lyrics is a genius mm -hmm. um the you can all agree to that the energy of the music was so aggressive so just for me that uh that album is really uh what turned me more into um more of a punk rocker and you know i i had a, i had punk records i had gbh and i had exploited and uh i had that kind of stuff but but that record really kind of steered me into exploring a lot more punk bands and uh and it, i don't know i'm gonna say that was about 1988 and uh from there on out uh, i kind of lost interest in metal and mm. and started learning about all of the different bands and from different parts of the country different parts of the world and all these different music scenes that existed and you know i got into bands from dc i got got into hardcore from new york i got into punk bands from texas i got into mm -hmm. bands from from the uk germany uh, South America and so ran. it was so it's just so so cool to like hear these punk bands with all of this angst and questioning of the world and of their society um, from from different parts of the globe and yeah uh, it really kind of opened my mind quite a bit do, do you still listen to punk or metal when you're trying to you know get inspired or, or like you know I, I, when I had a listener question you know like what does luke listen to when he's trying to get shit done <laughs> <laughs> uh i when i try to get sh okay so like cleaning the house type of thing sure or chasing so, yeah, turkeys yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh cleaning the house um chasing turkeys um i'll tend to put on uh, just like a punk channel on my alexa in the kitchen mm -hmm. and you know whatever comes on face to face pennywise i i like a lot of a lot of California punk is probably, you know, my heart and soul, uh, adolescence and black flag and, 
Descendants and all okay. those bands are, are good riddance. Are the ones that I yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are the ones that that like I I like the most. Um, but no, I like weird stuff too, like uh, Einster's New Bountain. Uh, just just I like I like obscure things too. But uh, I like the energy, the the melody of uh, of classic California punk rock is, is 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 the stuff that that I'm most interested in. But no, I like totally. to listen. I like to listen to hardcore too, and I, I love sick yeah. of it all. Sick of it all is if I'm lifting weights, which I don't do too often nowadays. Bro. But Bro. yeah, I, mean, I like to listen <laughs> to heavy stuff like sick of it all, and uh-huh. it gets me pumped up. Well, you're, I mean, going back to even what you said about sitting on a lake in Wisconsin, channeling your inner Tommy Aomi and getting up, you know, playing the devil's interval and here's the hypocrisy and revenge. And um, how, why, how, tell me, Luke, what that song is so, so hard, but it's not like, it's not like insane hardcore, like, you know, other, like a hardcore band, but it's such a, it's such a hard sounding, hard hitting song. Actually, I mean, the whole record for God's sake, but that song in particular is, I mean, is it because the movie quote starting off with a, a yelling match between a father and son, or but like, I don't know, how did you make that so hard with, you know, and it's I, not, it, I don't know, I can't even ask the right explanation question. I mean, it probably, it probably is re- fundamentally rooted in, in my, in my thrash metal and death metal mm-hmm. years, you know, Slayer and Creator and all yeah. like death mushers. Yeah. Death mushers. <laughs> the heavy, you know, the heavy riffs. I, I, I tend to write heavy riffs like that's yeah. that's what yeah. I gravitate towards like I um the basic kind of three chord pop punks uh song structure is something that I'm not really wired for like I I tend to like to find some dissonance in in things that I write because it yeah. just uh, it just I just relate to that so, so can we assume that any of the like the three chord poppier songs is more of a Russ idea, and then you kind of em- embellish it, adding yeah, yeah, your flair and that's fair to say. Um, you know, Russ is, a, <laughs> Russ is a fantastic songwriter, and yeah, uh, and and so when he brings his songs to the table, and it's something that would be considered more of a a poppy kind of a, a song structure, I will find some some sort of a nuance to just mm-hmm. give it give it something that that makes it unpop like you're like oh yeah listen yeah. to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know his vocal i'll let him do his his uh vocal his vocal melodies are you know are so so well written and then i will uh if he's just writing something that's like a three chord progression i'll find something about it to make it a little more interesting and then and then sean mm. you know contributes to that as well and oh and i'm then, sure and then i'll be and, like hey like let's let's like accentuate this or let's let's mm-hmm. dig in let's dig into this part right here and make it make it like heavier right here totally um, so do, it's 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 a collaboration do you ever like write a rad riff like that like here's the hypocrisy for example and then without lyrics or anything and then say check this out and russell's like dude i have i have to sing on that that's so amazing or i mean is it like because i could picture some of these riffs that you're talking about where you're it's like a heavier sound but it's still it's almost like you write it for russ's style in a does that make sense i don't i don't set out to write it for russ's style um i i just have ideas for um you know certain riffs yeah and then uh and 
in the when it, everything comes into play it's like one riff leads to the next one i can just hear in my head like okay this part should transition into something like this mm-hmm. and uh and it just kind of falls into place and then russ has always been excellent at uh taking what i write and finding finding a way to present vocal patterns and melodies over what whatever it is that, that i write ah gotcha okay yeah that's um i mean yeah like i said i've been listening to to, to gr for forever so stoked to have you know thoughts and prayers come out most recently and then the the uh the comp for the covid relief fund uh, world assistance um, on Bandcamp. yeah um were you able to were you guys able to raise a lot of funds with that or like help out the um, uh, you know, I, uh, I haven't checked in on that in quite a while, but I, I, I want to say that a few thousand bucks at least. Um, Perfect. Nice. And those songs were all recorded at the same time that we, we recorded thoughts and prayers. They were just, they were kind of like extra songs that didn't make mm-hmm. the record. Okay. And, uh, and then COVID hit and we've, we've kind of through our career have always had like a, an extra song or so from, mm-hmm when we track a record that that ultimately end up on some sort of a compilation or b-side thing uh and we just so happen to have uh i want to say we had five extra songs from thoughts and prayers maybe six. Ooh, and, i can't uh, wait to hear that well that's well that's <laughs> what ended up on the benefit comp right yeah, yeah all of them except for one there was one song that wasn't on that on that benefit yeah because I, I i know there was i heard at least four or maybe five of them but you said six so i'm like interest peaked you know yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but i mean you guys probably have a bunch of songs that haven't been unearthed yet because you're just waiting for the right you know no you know most of our most of them are ha- have been unearthed uh that okay. was uh, there was the record that came out called capricorn one yeah yeah which is kind Got of it. a b-sides mm-hmm. record and most of those so- extra songs are on that on that capricorn one album okay Good. No, then my, I don't have to go searching far and too far and away just yet. Um, well, we answered we answered Danny's questions uh, okay. about the other part, but uh, there's a there's there's a Last Believer podcast, you know. Um, yeah, I've seen a whole them. thing dedicated to just you know they do three songs of yours every show. Um, it's pretty cool. I'm a I'm a big fan of it. Um, Josh, the guy, one of the guys who does it is named Josh also, but he's he wanted to ask is. Um, have you guys ever toyed with the idea of, of a second guitarist while on tour, just because you have so many layers on your choruses and stuff like that. And so big, I mean, you do a good job of playing the songs and making them sound big, but have you ever thought of that other layer added to that at all? Or, well, um, first of all, you know, I'd like to thank I'd like to thank Josh for creating this, this podcast for our band. Um, that's really, that's really kind. And, uh, Shout out. I, um to answer his question i mean definitely the thought has crossed my mind um of having a second guitar player to 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 give us a a a bigger a bigger sound Mm -hmm. but the way most of our songs are written uh you know we have very few songs that have like single string guitar leads that that are you know nice to have a, a rhythm guitar under most of our songs have these octave leads yeah. which which are really full and melodic and uh and sound and fill the fill the space yeah it's covering all that yeah, yeah. so so most of our songs have you know a four note octave 
lead progression mm-hmm. um, that fills in that lead guitar space, but is also because because it's an octave chord, it comes across almost like a rhythm guitar uh, oh, chord okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea of bringing in a fifth member to the band at this point in our career. I mean, I think it would be cool. Like, I think it would it would sound awesome to have a second guitar player. I'm not denying that, and it would fill out our sound even more. Yeah. But uh, the reality um, of bringing another member into the band, it just I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think we're just going to be a one guitar player band for the totally. rest of our career. No, yeah. I mean, you've you've done it so well, so well to this day. I, I think it was sometimes when people go on stage they're like at they're like come out for this song or whatever you know like play one one song on the on the stage or but but um you don't it's not a necessity you know um but yeah well there you go josh um answer that um yeah i won't keep it too much longer i could probably talk to you for hours but i wanted to find out um is there any other plans for your other bands you know outlying coercion and death monsters of course (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) to do anything i know bird attack is kind of uh, uh, under the wayside now but um anything anything else coming out out of your uh guitar playing hands there well you know this the band that i mentioned this band 22 oh yeah Uh i've uh i've spent the last six months of my life like very invested in this project so um people that like good riddance i think are going to be super stoked on this record Um, okay it's got a lot of bells and whistles and has, has a lot of good riddance sound to it. And, um, and I when got is that to, out? Uh, the plan as of right now is not until uh, February of February 2nd of 2022. Okay. So 22, they're trying to, you know, he's trying to build some marketing around his name, 22, the name of the band. Smart. Might as well. And uh, put release it on February. Two, two, twenty-two. Yeah, exactly. Two so <laughs> yeah and nice. as far as my other bands you know uh outlaw was um my brainchild mm-hmm. i wrote all the songs i wrote all the lyrics uh, and i invested all of my money into that recording pretty, pretty much all the money that i had uh, i invested mm-hmm. into that recording and it was very short-lived we had a we had a brief run of shows in California with the circle jerks. We played a few shows around town. Um, but other than that, it, it basically fell apart uh, not too long after the record came, came out. So, you know, we haven't, we haven't done anything uh, for 16 years. So I don't think there's any, you know, you never know, maybe at some point in time um, I'll want to do something with that again, but I'm not really feeling it right now. And then with uh, coercion, that was um, that was also kind of a brainchild of mine, and uh, and the singer and the bass player. And the bass player quit the band uh, a couple years ago, and and it kind of knocked the spirit out of me for doing oh. that band because he was very pivotal in the in the sound of the band and the songwriting. And uh, kind of like one of those people that would be really hard to replace mm-hmm. because he just had a certain a certain aura and a certain sound in his bass playing. And um, 
but not to, uh, we haven't formally broken up. We just haven't done anything for a couple of years. Maybe, maybe um, at some point in time, mm-hmm. um, something will, will evolve and, and bring us back into the fold. I still communicate with those guys pretty frequently. They're all kind of itching to do something. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, only, I only have so much time, you know, I'm, I have uh, a full-time job. I've got two kids. I've got two cats. I've got a dog. I've got two bearded dragon lizards turkeys and uh and uh my wife of course and <laughs> yeah and good riddance and uh oh yeah and good riddance <laughs> yeah yeah and good riddance of course so i'm pretty busy and um you know doing a band from the ground up at my age especially uh is incredibly difficult uh yeah you know it, it involves like driving uh to sacramento to play a show to get paid fifty dollars Oh, and then having over. to dry, and then getting yeah and then getting home at four in the morning and then having to go to work at seven in the morning like <laughs> I, I did that for a couple of years yeah. recently and it's remember just, when we were it's 20? pretty hard yeah <laughs> it's di- it's different when you're 50 exactly man um well i got two so two more two more questions for you um okay. i was gonna ask if you um do you do you think that you as a musician or as a person in general um as a human do you have any do you have any regrets in your life oh of course what you got i want to i don't know if i want to answer that question though okay well that's the answer you, you, you have some <laughs> that's fine oh, yeah um, I mean, everyone has a different answer for that so that's, you know what's um, what's interesting um when you uh, at least for me uh at this age um i want to say i want to say that you know as a teenager and someone in my 20s that I was very fueled by, by, uh, hormones, you mm-hmm. know, and like, mm-hmm. like, and I think that's common for most people. Yeah. And, uh, as you get older, those, that subsides a bit and, um, you reflect more and, uh, you're more conscious about the things that you do and, uh, just conscientious about, the world in general. I mean, I've always been that way um, from a young age. I've, uh, my, my, you know, my dad uh, served on the in the Peace Corps in Africa in the 1960s, mm. and uh, both of my parents uh, were uh, their careers are in education, and I kind of had that that mindset as as a you know as a growing up and as a, as a child and as a teenager and as in my 20s and stuff, but especially as I've gotten older uh, and, and have kids and want my kids to live in, in a world that, that uh, provides to them is, and is equitable to everybody. Uh, It's just, you know, it's a, you, you, you become a very introspective person the older you get and you, you can, you can reminisce about your past and I've definitely made, mistakes in my past uh and i'm not proud of them but at the time you know it didn't it didn't seem like i was uh doing anything anything bad but in reflection and especially like i say having kids it's like mm-hmm. what you you want your kids to grow up and be a certain type of a person and then you have to reflect on well what was i like when i was their age exactly yeah and so so you have to be uh, conscious of of um, just being a human being and 
and going through trials and tribulations of life and making mistakes and learning from your mistakes and trying to not repeat your mistakes. Like, uh, that's been a, being, being a middle-aged person. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's great. And I feel like I've got a good perspective on, on, on what's right and what's wrong that uh, yeah. perspective, a perspective that I, that I had as a younger person, but it's, it's, it's stronger now as an adult for sure. That's right. It sounds like you've learned from those regrets and mistakes, like, you know, in your, your, your wise uh, yeah. age, you know, you know, cause I was going to ask, like you already answered, but I was going to ask, uh, you know, leave it, leave me with some wisdom in here. It sounds like you've, sounds like you've like learned that or, or are learning that, you know, um, master's degree aside or you know all these degrees aside from school or accolades in music it's like you you learn from our we learn from raising our kids and being ourselves and how can we change for the better and stuff like that so yeah I and i mean listen you know. listen to your listen to your elders you know your mm -hmm. the elder, elders have have gone through all of this already and granted it's a very different world you know so yeah uh, the tech technology is is just uh, created um, a society that is is you know I I'm old enough to where I grew up in a society that didn't have this technology but but you see in my kids like yeah. my daughter asking to be to be on uh, TikTok at 13 years old I'm just like and all of her friends are I'm like oh my god like I don't like, I don't eh. know if that's a good idea like yeah because social media can be so brutal and and can really cause a lot of emotional harm mm -hmm. so you know having to be a parent and navigate and navigate um this technology and social media especially uh is you know i'm still me and my wife are are, are, are constantly like trying to uh figure out when is a good time to loosen the reins to let them be exposed to mm -hmm. to the world and yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's it's very challenging. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely it's hard. There's no good answer for that. <laughs> you know, no. everyone's there's no there's no real that, but... there's no real precedent. You know, that's the thing. Right. Like, and when I say like, listen to your elders. Like, like my dad. I'll, I'll just use like my my parents as an example. Um, you know, they're they're about eighty years old, and they've had a lot of trials and tribulations in life, and and I've learned. <clears throat> how to uh to navigate uh complex complex issues and 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 have gained a lot of wisdom which they um, share with me but at the same time they don't necessarily understand the challenges of my generation or my kids generation yeah so it's a new thing you know this technology and information information uh being everywhere now you know when i when i was growing up and when i did have to do a report for school it was like you have to go to the library and like look mm -hmm. up books and do the work and and look and go through encyclopedias and yeah. you know now, now it's just like oh just punch it into google and see what turns up there totally so, so it's just uh it's just so much information and and then and then of course as we've we've all learned through um the last few years especially is there's a lot of like what information do i trust right and that's right. and that's and that's such a big thing right now and, Who do you and, side and, with yeah you know yeah. just our 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 country especially but i mean it's global mm -hmm. uh 
there's just there's there's so many like perspectives and and you can find information to support your perspective no matter what that perspective is and it's hard to it's hard nowadays to navigate and to you know really know what the truth is it's yes it's really and that's what i'm worried about is with social media and with media in general is is you know when when how do you know for if you're being played or not like what source <laughs> right, what yeah. sources what sources can you trust mm-hmm. out there in the world and there's and, a lot of truths a lot of different truths there's a lot of different truths it, being pushed it, at you it, yeah and it depends on perspective mm-hmm. and yeah we've got to be i don't know that's a that's a whole nother episode conversation because that's you know i i have th- i have three kids so i'm thinking about oh. that a lot myself wow. um you know thinking about how i was when we were younger yeah the music that i listened how i was brought up going to shows by myself when i was 15 you know like just stupid stuff that i did i'm yeah. still alive but like yeah. yeah i probably did some things that i shouldn't have done <laughs> mm-hmm. but now so we use that wisdom to train to help teach them that so but at oh, the man. same time, at the same time, you kind of know that 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 they probably your kids ultimately have to um, go through those experiences on their own to learn from them. Yeah, like yeah. you can you can share the knowledge, all the knowledge you want, but mm-hmm. the real learning comes from experience. So, yeah, you know the the yeah. I mean, I I worry about my kids. Uh, I mm-hmm. when I was 15 years old, I was going to shows in San Francisco. I had an older friend that was <laughs> that was yeah. 18 and drove, and you know here I was a 15 year old kid in San Francisco at thrash metal shows with all kinds mm-hmm. of all kinds of craziness around me, and I don't even think my parents knew that that what I was yeah, what I was yeah. being part of. And you survived but, it. And I survived it and I learned from it type of thing. And thank God you did. I'm so glad that you're back and Good Riddance is, you know, making music again. And um, actually, when's the next Good Riddance show or wh- when, when can I see you? Um, the next show we're doing is uh, Punk Rock Bowling. In oh, September. yeah. Yeah. So we're playing that. Um, we're trying to book some shows around California in November. Uh, okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, we're we're trying to create a two-year plan. So we basically we only play about I'd say six or seven weeks out of the year. That's mm-hmm. about what I can get away with without losing my job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so and and uh, you know keeping my family balance uh, in place. And so we uh, we try to you know go to Europe, um, do two or three weeks in Europe type of thing. We try to play California. Oops, uh... Yeah, try to play California. Re- like we do a lot of just regional stuff. Um, yeah, it's we, smart. Week a weekend, you know, we'll we'll go play like three, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night cut type of a thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, not like the old days where we used to tour for seven weeks, come home for two weeks, go on yeah. tour for five weeks, come home for three weeks. Yeah, you know, going it was you know it was that was that was kind of grueling, but great. You know, at the same time that was uh, we were in our twenties and early thirties and we were all about it, but now it's different. Like we, uh, we have to find this balance that allows us to uh, mm-hmm. maintain our employment and maintain our uh, marriages and, yeah. and keep our kids. <laughs> That's like, important. And, yeah. 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 So it's different. It's really different, but uh, we just feel, you know, incredibly lucky 
um, to have the opportunities that we still that we still get like totally yeah it's it, it's 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 good it's to all, acknowledge it all that work that we put in in the 90s <laughs> yeah. and and early 2000s um you know it's it's given us these opportunities to be invited to play on these festivals yeah or to, to be able to go play a club show and have a couple hundred kids come out like or i shouldn't say kids it's like me. now it's more it's more yeah it's it's like it's like okay we got a babysitter for the night and we're yeah, yeah. we're going out to see this band that i saw when i was 17 years old type of thing yep and it's so fun too i love it yeah um all right i'll, I'll have to come up to santa cruz and you know i'll go to the crate place and see chuck and i'll go to yeah. the winery and see you you know like um not, it's not that far away so yeah hit me up hit me up if you're coming t- coming to the area heck yeah i, I need some i need you. some exclusive wine you know yeah <laughs> do some pairings sure we can talk about pairing our wine with with music and yeah and uh be that'd be a fun conversation totally man well mr luke master luke i appreciate your time and um i want to i look forward to seeing you guys play live in any capacity you know whether that's brick by brick or my house or a festival or whatever (laughs) san diego is on the list um as uh, when i mentioned these weekend runs like uh san diego do you know the the guys from uh laboratory at all i do yeah i know well yeah so uh they've been great to us through the years Mm -hmm. and really supportive of our band and of music in san diego yeah you know they've they've uh even when even when uh our kind of music kind of uh became less popular you know they they created mm-hmm. a niche here for bands like us to they did yeah come and perform so i'm totally. super grateful to those guys they've done a lot for us yeah san diego san diego is too because they, they bring in a lot of um they brought you down here i think almost every time you've been down here lately right yep absolutely yep that's awesome shout out rob um yeah dude that's awesome i'm so glad we got to connect and um I'm going to, I'm going to probably play some, some music at the end. So I'll, I'll try, I'll dig through my, look for my outlier record and put some on there or awesome. <laughs> so, but anyways, cheers to you, sir. All right, Josh. And yeah. We'll, well talk. Thanks for uh, having ho- me. Yeah. Let's, hopefully we can talk soon. I hope so too. All right. And hit Have me up one. if you're coming to Santa Cruz. You got it. Of course. All right. See you later. Take care. Late. Well, there you have it, mi amigos y familia, this week's guest on The Family Cast, Food and Music is Life, yes? Luke Pavich from one of my favorite bands of all time, Good Riddance. It doesn't get much better than that. Talking to your heroes, talking to someone who's made so much of your memories, good, good music coming out of this guy's hands. Let me tell you what, I'm going to play three of his songs, three of his songs that he's been a contributor to. He's written so many amazing songs. And I'm going to play three because he's been in a lot of bands. One from Good Riddance, one from Coercion, and one from Outlaw. Uh, before I get to those songs, though, i got to tell you a couple things, okay? So there are a couple ways to support this show beyond just listening to it. Uh, tell your friends. Tell people about the show. That's how more people are going to find out about it. It's from you, not me. They don't know about it because it's just me. You already listened to me. But they listen to you. I don't know. Maybe help me out by spreading the word. I want everyone to hear Luke's story. I want everyone to hear all my guest stories. So spread the word. Leave a review wherever you listen. That helps. It goes a long way. It's free for you to do it. It takes a couple seconds. Just leave a review, a positive five-star review. You can just leave even a single word like Luke or whatever. Um, Food and music is life, yes. So you could leave uh, comments. You can leave voicemail on this website, my website, anchor.fm. The 
FamilyCast. There's nothing than that. It's just FamilyCast. Also, I put up a conversation I had with Mr. Mogan Brown, guest from episode one. Mogan and I talked about our five each. We each talked about five favorite album releases on Fat Records, which happens to be the label that Good Riddance is on. So and that's on my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash family cast. And for any tier subscription, you can get that exclusive conversation. I'll be dropping more stuff in there like videos, maybe some music, some songs from my guests and more conversations with the people that don't make it to this, uh, all the public platforms. I'm going to put them on Patreon because I want to kind of build another little community there. For a little amount each month, as low as $3 a month, you could contribute to that Patreon and get exclusive content and help keep the lights on in this little studio of mine so I can keep doing this because really I don't have a team. It's just me doing it. So I want to be able to maybe buy a new mic or maybe even pay somebody to do the episodes. Wow, that'd be crazy. Um, (laughs) Who knows? Maybe go somewhere to interview people. I don't know. It's just a way to help support. Um, that's financially. If you want to do it for free, just, you know, like I said, leave a review, tell your friends, all that stuff. So I wanted to thank you once again for listening. This is episode 26. So still new, still going. I got some more guests in the pipeline, more conversations to have. I got a long list of people I want to talk to, but if you have any suggestions for me, send them my way. I I could always use some new um, ideas, new thing, new people to talk to and new, of course, new music and food pairings to do. That said, I do have a new uh, pairing dinner coming up with Boochcraft, which is kombucha, hard hard kombucha made here in San Diego um, on July 22nd over at Harvest Kitchen. I'm going to be doing some pairings, partnering with my my own chefs, my vegan chefs, to be doing this vegan gluten-free dinner pairing with Boochcraft. So tickets are on sale now. You can find it in the link at harvestkitchen.com or on Harvest Kitchen's Instagram. Um, It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a Thursday night, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time of having a locally crafted kombucha paired with chef-driven vegan and gluten-free menu. And trust me, I've tasted all food so far, and it is going to be mind-blowing because I I just I don't want to give away any surprises just yet but stay in touch with that because that is going to be so fun so there's of course going to be music pairings too without any further ado I would like to play for you three songs written by Luke our guest this week of course and I'm going to start with Outlie where he is actually playing guitar and singing so that's going to be the first song Dance of Shiva and then how do you pick from a Good Riddance catalog, how do you pick one song to play at the end of this? Well, I was going to play Heresy, Hypocrisy, and Revenge because we talked about it so much in this conversation, but I do want to steer you, my listeners, to another podcast. I want to shout out Last Believer Podcast. It's a, a podcast about Good Riddance, and they go into detail about three Good Riddance songs every single episode. So I wanted to kind of steer you in that direction because they, they could give you some more information on more Good Riddance songs every single week. So not just in this episode, but this other podcast, Last Believer Podcast. And more importantly, they are going to not only break down Heresy, Hypocrisy, and Revenge on an episode, but on their Patreon. You can also subscribe to their Patreon, and they go into much, much further detail about that song in particular on their Patreon. So Last Believer Podcast is about good rinse. They have a Patreon. Go there, get more information on the song. That said, now I'm going to tell you that on (laughs) this week, we're going to play Fertile Fields, which is a song that Luke wrote for Good Riddance, and it's on their album, 
Ballads from the Revolution, which is one of my favorite albums of Good Riddance's catalog. So I picked Fertile Fields because it's one that Luke wrote, and that is going to be number two on this trilogy of songs. Okay, And then finally, to close out this week's episode of The Family Cast, his other band, Coercion, and the song is called Choices, which is a really good, really good song off their album Veritas. It was a seven-song EP album, um, Bird Attack Records. We were talking about it a little bit. The label went under, but this the, the album itself is really rad. I encourage you to check it out. Maybe get it somehow um, if you can find a way support the bands all the bands that luke is in he's doing so much stuff i hope that he makes some death moshers merch because that sounds like an amazing band or merchandise in general death moshers imagine it so anyways without any further ado here are the three songs from luke outlaw good riddance and coercion remember to be kind to one another that's all we got left cherish your parents if you still have them it's my mom's birthday this week so happy birthday to you mom it's your boy chef josh saying until next time on the family cast Ciao, ciao. A little cup of sunshine to lift the morning bone. I see so clearly that it scares my inner child. Always moving forward, there's no time for looking back. But unless you
for this job either, having to wade through the scum of this city, being swept away by bigger and bigger waves of corruption, apathy, and red tape. Now that doesn't bother me. But you know what does bother me? What? You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? What? Thinking, I had a little idea for something. We could be words. Make your choices. Just a little down thing, because I'm going. We all make kind of coming up something that comes down. We make your choices. Let me try something. You got? You mind give me a yeah, shot? Of course. Okay.
Thanks for listening to the family cast. Food and music is life, yes? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, Xander, 